Church, if you'll open your Bibles with me. I'm going to read two passages of Scripture. And I'm going to start off in the Old Testament, Psalms 42, verse 1 and 2. Welcome everyone who's on social media watching us. Welcome for being with us. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Don't stop praising Jesus, church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Psalms 42, verse 1 and 2. <clears throat> I'm going to read from the New King James Version. It says, <clears throat> as the deer pants, or you could also use a word longs, as the deer pants longs for the water brooks, so pants or longs my soul for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God. But then he says, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? We see this psalm. And some believe that because of a drought or heat, the deer longed, longed for and needed water, the deer. Because of a drought, or from heat, the deer longed for or needed water. And the psalmist, he says, as the deer pants or longs for the water brooks, so pants or longs my soul for you. Or God. It is clear that the psalmist, his soul longed for and needed God. And speaking spiritually, we find out it is clear that the psalmist wasn't thirsty for, for water. He uses the example of a deer when a deer is thirsty 
or maybe the deer because of the drought or the heat the deer is thirsty you could just have an image of a deer longing for water but the psalmist what he pants for longs for is God Thank God we serve someone who can give us something to drink and not be thirsty again. Because in every human being, church, even if you're not converted, you're not a believer in Christ, or even if you are converted, you are a believer in Christ, that thirst will be there. That thirst will be there. Because he says, as the deer longs for the water brooks, the psalmist, he says, he's speaking of himself, he says, so longs my soul for you, O God. Then he says, my soul thirsts for God. Is anyone thirsty for more of God, church? And I like how he says it. He says, my soul thirsts for God. But then he says, for the living God. Not just any God, but the living God. I'm going to say this, the ultimate, the ultimate sorrow is the sense of lack of God. Who is the God whom we serve? When the psalmist, he says, my soul thirsts for God. This is the plural form in this verse. And it's used of God, number one, that he's the creator. God is our creator. Number two, he is our provider. And number three, he is our sustainer. He's the one that sustains you and me to keep moving forward. And he says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. The living God, church. God himself is a living God because he has life in himself. The other thing about the living God that we serve 
is that he alone gives life. He is life, but he also gives life. And our God, he's alive. Now, I said all that because he says, as the deer longs for the water brooks, so longs my soul for you. Now, I know I'm using the word longs, but the word in the New King James uses the word pants. But he says, as the deer longs for the water brooks, so longs, and this is where I want to base myself a little bit. He says, so longs my soul. For you, oh God, he says, and there's that second time, he says, my soul, speaking of his soul, thirsts for God, the living God. What is the soul? The soul is the self Consciousness. Three things in the soul of every human being. I'm not speaking of the spirit. Man is composed of three elements, spirit, soul, and body. I'm talking about the soul. I want to talk a little bit about the soul. The spirit, when you come to Christ, your spirit comes alive because now the Holy Spirit dwells or lives in your spirit. But the soul, the soul has feelings, not the spirit, because the spirit is spirit. God is spirit. So what is the soul? The soul, number one, it has to do with your intellect. The mind the thoughts, and your reasoning. In other words, your mind can yield or your mind can go, can believe, or it can bring unbelief. Confusion. Your mind has to do with your imagination, your memory. Remember Paul, what, what's... And I've said this scripture many times. But Paul, he said one thing in the book of Romans, chapter 12. He says, he talks about what? Renewing the mind. Your soul. Because your soul is your mind. So in other words, your soul, not your spirit. Your God doesn't have feelings. Our soul has feelings. So that's why he's saying, Paul, he says, you have to, every day you have to, you and I have to renew our mind, our soul. Why? Because it's thoughts, the mind, there can be unbelief. You can think or imagine something that's not there. Number two, the soul has what? Emotions. A lot of believers live by their emotions and not by the spirit. 
What are the emotions? The emotions are is what you feel. I mean, I'll put it this way. Think about it this way. When you're not in the spirit, you're living your life out of your soul, your feelings, how you feel. Has to do with your temperate. Get angry. You get mad. You have concerns. Out of the emotions, your soul, what else is there? That, your emotions, your feelings, your temperate can lead you to this. Bitterness. Lust. Anger. That's why Paul says, renew the mind, your soul. That's why it's important, and I'm going to say it again, as believers, we, what do we do? We feed our spirit. We feed our spirit with what? The word of God. You want to walk in the spirit? You and I want to do the will of God? You have to feed your spirit. If you don't feed your spirit, guess who takes over? Your soul. So now... Your soul is not because the soul has what? Feelings. You live your life by your feelings and you're not living your life in the spirit. Your relationship with God. And what does the psalmist says? He says, as the deer longs for the water brooks, he says, so longs my soul. See, the soul has feelings. The soul gets tired. Number three, the other part of the soul is your will. What does that mean? That means the choices we make every day, what we choose to do. See, did you get that? It's what you want, you choose. It's not what God wants. It's your choices and your actions. And that will... Guess what? Because if we're not feeding our spirit, the soul is going to do what it wants to do. What it feels, what it chooses, what he thinks it's the correct thing. And it might yield where it takes us to what one word? Disobedience. I, I said disobedience, not obedience. But when you're connected to God, when you're feeding the spirit, when you're doing the will of God, church, that's why they say that the spirit is keen. It's supposed to be the king. The body is the slave. It's important, church, hear me. To spend time in God. I don't want to live my life by my, my feelings. What I think. Or we assume things. No. We want to live in the spirit, what God says. And that's why you see people, they make their own choices, their own actions. What they feel. It's not by, it's by what, uh, again, church, your soul has to do with feelings, not your spirit. And he says, my soul 
for you, he says, longs. So when I'm feeding my spirit, guess what? My soul longs for God. If I don't feed my spirit, my soul, my feelings are going another direction. My direction, not God's direction. God's direction, there's always love for God. There's respect. There's honor. Not only for God, for your neighbor, the church, the people, everywhere. Your family, at workplace. Why? Because it's God itself. And he says... My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. So let me put it this way, church. So if you feel dry, you feel stuck, you're not living your life according to the will of God, go to the living God. He'll change everything. It's funny that it's so easy, us, I can choose to do everything that's the other side and continue instead of doing what God says. And how important it is, church, like the psalmist, he was Thirsty, not for, he was thirsty for God. God. Jesus. The Holy Spirit. More of God. As the deer longs for the water brooks, so longs my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? The other passage I want to read is John chapter 7, verse 39. First John 7, 37 through 39. I'll wait for you to get there. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, it reads, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. It's on him. Amen. Free drinks on Jesus. You know what I mean. Don't go on another trip. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, 
out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. First of all, when Jesus talks that on the day, the last day, the great day of the feast. The feast that Jesus was celebrating was the feast of tabernacles. Some say it lasted seven days, others say eight days, most likely seven days. Now, don't forget, number eight is the number of new beginning. And all through the first seven days, hear me out. All through the first seven days, water from the pool of Siloam was carried in a golden pitcher. And poured out on the altar or at the altar to remind everyone of the water that God miraculously provided for a thirsty Israel, where? In the wilderness. See, you could be in the hardest wilderness desert, church, don't forget, God can provide you with water. God can provide you for that water that you're looking for. In the middle of your wilderness or your desert. So they would do that every, seven days, every day. would come with that pitcher, gold pitcher, with water and pour it on the altar for seven days. And that's why the Bible says, on the last day, many believe it's the eighth day, that great day of the feast, what feast? The Feast of Tabernacles. New beginning. Jesus, in other words, saying, hey, just as God provided, as you guys know, telling Israel, how God miraculously provided water in the wilderness, in the desert. He says, I'm here to offer something that never goes out. And the Bible says, Jesus stood on what day? The last day, the great day of the feast. He says, on the last day, Jesus stood cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts. Point number one, church. The Bible says anyone, doesn't matter your political view, your race, your background, the condition you are in right now, the Bible doesn't matter the age. He says, if anyone if anyone, anyone is anyone. 
Is there anyone this morning, church? Is anyone is saying, you know what? I want some of that. And he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So number one, anyone. Don't sell yourself short that you don't qualify. He's just waiting on you. Let, let me put it this way. When you know you're doing, when you're, when you get in the word, you're spending time in the presence of God. Church, you already know. We choose every day to go to him, the provider, the sustainer, Jesus Christ. And he'll give you more and more. He doesn't say, hey, you've asked too much already. Let's put a stop to no. He says, if anyone, if you want more, God will give you more. Maybe this morning you said, you know what, I'm, I'm good. Praise God, that's your choice. But if you want more, anyone, he'll give you more. Number two, the Bible says, he says right there, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. See, nobody's going to force you. Nobody's going to force you. You have to come. It doesn't matter who the, who's preaching. If it's a local service in the church, a conference, it's going to be up to you. It's not about the multitudes. It's not about the crowd. It's not about, you know, it's up to you. I mean, you could be at your house. And if you want more of God, you have to go to him. Amen. So it's not that, you know, it's a special service. I mean, it, that's a blessing in itself. I'm sure it makes it easier. But at the end of the day, he says, let him come to me. To who? You have to go to Jesus. There's nobody else, church. He's the living God. Nobody else. Hear me. Nope, nothing is going to bring you satisfaction in your life, in your soul. It's not what we do. It's not what we say. It's not what we think. It's all about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ fulfills everything that is missing in our soul. So don't think, oh, this brings me satisfaction. This man brings me satisfaction. This woman brings me satisfaction. No, it's not the drugs. It's not the alcohol. It's not the people. It's not, it's nothing. It's Jesus Christ alone. He's the only one. He's the only one. Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 or 30, he says, come to me. He didn't say, hey, go to your neighbor. He didn't say, go to... Him, no, he says, come to me. He says, come to me. He says, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I don't understand people, church. That means I'm going to put it this way. I don't understand people. I mean, they, I mean, they have so many issues, so much things they're going through, and people don't surrender to the Lord. 
You don't know people like that? that? I mean, they're just burdened. I mean, they're just going through stuff, and they don't surrender. There's a saying that they say, you know, it's because they're not tired of being tired. And Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will what? Give you rest. Rest. You know how many people are looking for rest? There's no rest. They're just thinking, their minds... They're just thinking and thinking and thinking what's, you know, what's next or this or that. There's no rest, church. The only rest is Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, church, when you surrender all to Jesus, you're going to get all the rest. It's only Jesus. It's not, the, not even the church. It's not even the preacher, you know, even though all that helps, the worship, it's only Jesus. Christ, our Savior. And he says, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And he says, learn from me. Let me ask you something. Who are you learning from? Let me, who's your teacher? Who's teaching you? Who's teaching you how to live for Jesus? Jesus says, you will learn. He says, learn from me. Learn. How do we learn from him? Read the Bible. Study the Bible. But don't get scriptures out of context, church. Don't twist it. Read the context, what it means for. Don't use it to your own advantage. What does the word of God says? If he says, love your enemies, love your enemies. If he says, bless your enemy, bless your enemy. If he says, honor your father, your mother, honor your father and your mother. Love your brother, your sister. Don't, don't twist it and say, oh, that was just in that time. All of a sudden, no church. Number three, he says, let him come to me and drink. And he says, he who believes in me. You'd be surprised. There's people, you know, I can attend church. Anyone can attend church, but they don't believe. They don't believe. They don't believe that God can do it. They don't believe that Jesus can fix it. They don't, they don't have faith. Oh, put it that way. I always give this illustration. It's like if I'm praying for my son, Lord, change him. 
May he seek you, surrender all to you. And just as I'm praying, I get home, and he does all the contrary. Says, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do, I don't want nothing with God. I don't want none of that Jesus stuff. Now remember, I'm praying for him. I have faith in God that God can touch him. God can save him. God can visit him because God is spirit. I know God can get a hold of him. I know it looks ugly. It looks rough. It looks like there's no hope. But the only hope we have is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm praying for him. But then I get home. I already know that he doesn't want nothing with God. But then he, he comes after me. He curses me. He disrespects me. He swings at me, maybe. Guess what? That's the time to believe God even greater. That's not the time to see, for unbelief to kick in. That is not the time to complain. That is not the time to, to um, blame people, blame myself. Oh, you know, you weren't a great father or where, where was a father, where was a mom. That's not the time. That's not the place for that. And many times that happens when it gets worse or it gets harder and harder, we don't have faith. We stop believing. But that's the time to believe and declare that God is greater. God is powerful and God never fails and God has never lost and he never will. says, and he who believes in me. Jesus said to who? Jesus said there was Mary and Martha. And Jesus told Martha. He says, did I not say? Let me tell you, church, don't forget about the word of God. Every time you're facing some, something looks impossible, the Lord is saying, did I not say? This morning, church, God is telling you, did I not Say, is it not declared? And Jesus told Martha, he says, did I not say that if you would what? Believe. If you would believe. We're talking about someone what? Someone who is dead. If you would believe, he says, you would see. The glory of God. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you got that church. If you believe you would see the glory of God. Something that God can only do. And that's why he gets all the credit and all the glory and honor. No man did it except God. That's faith believing in him. I'm almost done. 
Give me three minutes. He says, he who believes in me as the, look what Jesus said. He says, as the what? The scripture has said. How important, church, is scripture? Remember I said, feed your spirit with scripture, the word of God. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The Greek, when it says out of his heart it speaks, it says in the Greek it says out of your your belly. Your flat or chubby belly. It's not talking about your, what he's talking about is your most inner Part, the most inner part of you, the inside of you. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, out of your heart, out of your belly, from your most innermost part, the inside of you. He says, out of his heart will flow what? Rivers of living water. Notice it says, it doesn't say one river. It says rivers. Rivers, not one river. Rivers. In other words, there's a what? There's a flow. Oh, church, there's nothing like being in the presence of God. And you sense the flow of the rivers of the Holy Spirit. The anointing, the power, the blessing, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. The flow of the rivers coming out from your innermost parts. And you know that God's in control. You're in peace. You're calm. You don't get frustrated. You're, you're calm. You're calm. God takes over. You don't have to do nothing. God takes over. And those rivers are for you, church. Those rivers are but you, got, we, you and I have to come to him. That's not to say that God, if someone's praying for you, that God can come and touch you. God can do that too. I'm talking about personally, we have to come to him. Draw to him. God, God is spirit. God can visit you anywhere. He can visit you here. He can visit you in your jacuzzi. Or even add, he could touch you in the bar. Dogwood bar, mercy, no, no, we don't have those here. God can touch you anywhere. Man, God can do it anywhere. While you're grilling, making food for your husband at four in the morning, glory, God can touch you there. The rivers. So church, Surrender to the Lord. I need more of the Lord. I'm sure you need more of the Lord. God gives me enough for today. Tomorrow, I need more of him. 
because we don't know what we're going to face tomorrow. Amen. But even Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, man. You already have all your worries of today. You know, there's people that are already worrying two, three, four months ahead. Relax. Chill. Trust in the Lord. All you have to do is just come to him. And he'll give you all the drink you need. Amen. Please stand, church. Thank you for joining us for today's message at New Generation Church. For more information, visit us at ecngchurch.com.